Welcome to the WorkSmart Podcast. I'm Philip Allen. In this podcast, I'm joined by Nick Dent and Kerry Connolly in the WorkSmart team and special guest Daniel Kaplan, HR regulatory specialist at the global asset management firm Janice Henderson, to discuss how the firm relies on WorkSmart's award-winning solution Accord to meet its SMCR regulatory obligations that ensures clear central record keeping, strong corporate governance, clear accountability and evidence of employee fitness and propriety for the firm's 22 senior managers and 185 certified staff. I start by asking Danielle, what was the driving force behind Janice Henderson's adoption of a RegTech solution to meet the demands of SMCR? we wanted to have a centralised book of record, so a repository where we could store all SMCR data, but didn't rely on having folders or separate spreadsheets or email chains. So we wanted that one centralised system where we could capture everything that could be timestamped. We could just keep a tight control over all SMCR data. We also wanted to automate our workflows and add efficiencies to processes where we could. And we also wanted to provide a streamlined end user experience. And this was especially important when we were implementing a new regime, having a system that we could show and demonstrate to the end users, you know, a system that was very user friendly. We found that helped us to implement the regime that little bit easier. They were the primary motivators for us looking for a RegTech solution. What review of the marketplace did Janice Henderson undertake before choosing Accord? Well, there was a general review that we did in-house of, of, of the products that were available on the market. And we then went out to these firms. I think we identified six or seven firms in the marketplace. And we went to them and we asked them to, we invited six vendors to submit bid proposals. And then looking through, going through an RFP process, we then narrowed that down to probably about four customers that we were then looked at in more detail. And it was through that process that we then identified that WorkSmart and the Accord system was actually the best system for us as a firm. I'm interested in, um, because you, you said you went out to the market and looked for vendors, but that, that means that that decision had already uh, taken place, that you were going to investigate what was available in the marketplace, ra- yes. rather than maybe what we see a lot of organisations do in trying to tackle it internally. And I, I just wondered whether you were part of that conversation and whether you could share anything about why you did that, why that decision was made. We identified quite early on that we wanted to have a system. We had people who'd worked on the implementation for the banks back in 2016. And so they had given us strong advice and guidance that using a system actually helps to you know, smooth line the processes and actually help us with efficiencies. So it was on their guidance that we then took that forward and then went to market to look for a tech solution. Before adopting Accord, what were you using to map organisational structure, track responsibilities and delegation, as well as evidencing reasonable steps under SMCR? I mean, classically, it's the word folders and spreadsheets. I think that's the default data method of collection and storing that we've all used historically. And I think we wanted to just work a bit smarter than that. We wanted to have a system that could, you know, not only do the back end, but also the front end of running the processes. So we just wanted to get something that was just an enhanced version of storing these pieces of information in separate places with add-ons of being able to then communicate to our end users via a system as well. Nick, you can empathise with firms that tried initially to meet their SMCR responsibilities, perhaps without considering a RegTech solution. I do have a sympathy with 
firms and their viewpoint when they initially implemented the regime. In the sense, I can imagine a project manager working through the tasks that were defined as part of how to manage this and how to keep the records and evidence that are necessary to manage the regime. And I can understand a lot of ticks being in a lot of boxes where firms were going, well, yes, we do that. We check and we validate people. We check their fitness and propriety each year. We already document our governance structure and the allocation of responsibilities. But I think in many cases, they missed the crucial things from our point of view anyway, which was that long-term issue of how you manage all those moving parts that Danielle alludes to. You've got HR functions, you've got compliance related functions, very often we see risk functions and you've got all these systems that need controlling and all that data needs consolidating into one place to both manage the process really well, but crucially capture the audit trail. And I think it's that that has really come to the fore in the past few years when firms are struggling to manage that from both an operational efficiency point of view, but an integrity of data perspective as well. Kerry, if I can come to you, certainly SMCR sets a high bar for personal accountability. Would you agree that SMCR forced firms to tidy up their internal reporting lines, making them simpler in the process? Originally, I think we saw quite a mixed answer on this in that people had a view as to they needed to implement this. But then as they went through the project and started trying to put data into systems, it made them realise actually what this meant. I think more so now people are understanding what this means and how they go about it. And also, I think it makes a big difference that people have matured with the regime and also people have moved around a bit within different organisations as well and they're sharing experiences. And I think all of those things are helping to embed the regime and those simplified reporting lines a lot better than in the very first year, perhaps. Danielle, how is Accord used in practice within Janice Henson? So... From our senior managers down to our certified persons and also people who have to submit continuing professional development logs, we have about 200 users that use the system. So from a senior manager point of view, the feedback that we get for them, it provides absolute clarity. So, you know, looking at the timeline functions, looking at they can identify other people who sit within the regime by just logging onto the system and viewing all the people who fall under that regime. So it provides absolute clarity to those users. From an administrative point of view, I work very closely with compliance and also COSEC, and we're all using the system to help share documents, to look at data, to understand what's going on with the regime. So from an administrative point of view, we find it incredibly useful to have that one tool, that one space where we can drop in documents, where we can view timelines just to help keep us on track. So does that include recording of minutes and making sure that board packs are uploaded so there's clear line of sight? Um, Exactly. And and also with the management, the MRM, the management responsibilities map, I think it's a very useful place and tool, you know, between us and COSEC. We go into the system and we use that tool to help update our MRM as well. So it's more than operational efficiency, it's peace of mind. Absolutely. And and anecdotally, you know, all firms have people who join organisations and then leave. What this tool helps us to do as well is it keeps that continuity when you have change of staff. The system exists and the data is in there and you know that data is going to be in there for the whole time we're using the system. So it gives that continuity of service, which I think is actually very important. What advantages have you found by having all of your certification processes handled by Accord? 
to me, it's been absolutely invaluable. If we hadn't implemented a call to run our certification process, it would have been a lot more fragmented. There would have been a lot more touch points with the end users. There would have been a lot more touch points with my compliance and COSEC counterparts. So what it's done is it's helped to streamline the whole process. I think it, it makes it a very professional process as well. We do a lot of work in the background, but when it gets presented to our end users, it's a very streamlined professional process where they just go in, they look at some key data, make a few clicks, and then that's their them done. So I think it's a very nice user process for our employees, which actually has helped us with buy-in um, when implementing the regime. Danielle, did the introduction of the FCA directory in 2020 pose any implementation challenges? When we were implementing the system back in mid-2019, I think we were quite aware of what was going to be coming down the pipeline and with that you know, requirement to be reporting. Um, so it's about setting the system up correctly so that you can get what you need out of it in, in the future. So we were very well placed. We'd set up all of the data in the system ready to use that functionality. And it's a very simple to use functionality. Those reports, very easy to pull out. It makes our lives much easier being able to pull those reports out rather than having to manually manage that data via spreadsheets. Ahead of regulatory timeframes and timelines. Fantastic. I think that one thing that um, WorkSmart are very good at doing is horizon scanning and looking at things that are coming in down the pipeline. And we're always very good, I think, when we're talking, thinking about things that are coming up, thinking about how we can use the system to meet those requirements. So I feel like we've been, from implementation stage into business as usual, I think we've been very good at looking at what's coming up and how we can make the system best work for us. How advantageous has it been for you to have a tool that manages the regulatory regimes in different jurisdictions then? Yeah, so just recently, so probably in the last two months, we've implemented the um, system in Singapore. And one of the primary motivators for that is as a firm, we wanted to, you know, we were talking about having a single book of records. It's important to do that, not just for the UK, but where we can. We would like to use the system globally for all of those same reasons, continuity, consistency, end user experience. So for us, this doesn't have to be a tool just for the UK. You know, we would very much like to be able to utilise it because it has all of those benefits that we have seen. You know, it helps us streamline it help the processes. It helps us with our efficiencies. We have found it very beneficial to implement the system for Singapore. What improvement do you believe that a firm will see from RegTech when implementing it for governance and or people competence management? Working to implement technology, we get an insight into the benefits and enhancements that they look to see. So it may, it may be operational gains, it may be tightening up the governance structure. I mean, interestingly, for example, we implemented with one organisation, but they're gearing up for sale, for instance. And they had done an internal audit as a result of that and found that certain systems and controls were wanting and are looking to plug those gaps. So it, it's interesting to know that firms probably realise there are better ways to do things out there, but they actively choose not to do anything about it until they're forced to do so, which is kind of ironic, because if, if you look at the sales side of organisations, they're always looking at the efficiencies and the controls and how to maximise things. And, and it's just a real shame that they don't do that more in the HR or governance space. I think maybe just to add into that as well, I think what we see a lot from implementation is you've sometimes got two different ways of people wanting to do this. You've got the person who has 
the day-to-day challenge. And when they're sort of bought into the need of doing this, they're really passionate about it and they want to get this right and the project kind of runs and flows and there's a there's a love of that system thereafter. And then you've sometimes got like a higher level project team that says, I think you mentioned it before, Nick, that we need to do this in order to tick a box and we want to get these efficiencies. But then sometimes we're then trying to educate and teach the person on the ground that needs to own the system how beneficial these are and and how they can go about it and what to do in the best ways. And then we try and have the continual BAU relationship that takes them on a journey, little baby steps each time. Let's have a look at this piece. Let's get that bit working. Danielle, how does Accord's real-time insights and regulatory reporting output support HR and compliance teams? So I think having the system It allows us to take that one step back and look at things quite holistically because you've got the data side covered. You know you've got your nuts and bolts and the running of the regime managed through the system. So you can take that data out and then look at it in in the more sort of holistic way. Uh, So we run reports out of the system on a monthly basis around our SNCR populations, just making sure that we've got the right people in the right places, um, that we, we understand what's going on with our senior managers. So we certainly use that that tool and the information in the tool to pull out reports so that we can look at the bigger picture of SMCR. And what's the role of Accord in mitigating things like conduct risk and looking at culture and behaviour within Janice Henderson? From a human perspective, I know my the senior managers that I work with, they're very they feel very reassured by the fact that the system is there, that we have the data going into the system, that it is date stamped, um, that, you know, that, that they can pull down like documents that they've had from their older RSF documents or statement of responsibilities. They have a, There is a great comfort for them. This system does help them discharge their responsibilities. And they absolutely do feel that comfort by having you know, using the system and letting it track how their roles are evolving over the time that they hold the SMF they do find that of great use. It certainly helps them feel comfort in discharging their responsibilities, which you know, also helps us to mitigate our risks. Well, I think that jumps very nicely into my next question. How helpful is Accord to help senior managers demonstrate reasonable steps? So if you're looking at the SMF who holds the PREMB, they have to demonstrate that they're discharging the responsibilities of effectively managing the SMCR. So this tool in and of itself is you know, it exactly demonstrates that. So those SMFs who hold the PRAMB can, you know, once again, they get that comfort from knowing that this system exists. They know that all of these documents are held in the system and that we can pull them out at any time. I spend a lot of time working with organisations, making sure they get the most of the system. And I was with one senior manager not particularly long ago, and they were showing me that they use the attachment technology that we have within the system, the ability to attach copies of emails and that kind of thing. And just as one illustration, within their role, they obviously delegate some of the responsibilities that they have, delegate ownership for some aspects of that. And the way that they keep tabs on the performance of the individuals in those delegated responsibilities is with regular conversations and one-to-ones. And they still summarize the outcomes of those conversations and action plans, mitigation actions. They summarize those in an email. But he, he was showing me where he just drags and drops a copy of that email into the system against his record. So in, in his words, I think he said, yeah, I think he said something like, here, what I've got, Nick, is, a, is kind of a diarized history of all of my thoughts and actions over the past couple of years, which is, you know, like you say, is an absolute gift. 
I was just going to say that I can absolutely um, concur with that. That's how we're using the system too. So it is that repository, that store, that centralised space where our senior managers can save down information. And like I said, they find that very reassuring. It is reassuring for them too to know that once they've left the firm, that that information does remain there. So if the FCA ever did contact them in the future about something that happened whilst they were at Janice Henderson, you know, that they know that that information is still held in accord and it can still be pulled out even once they've left the firm. So it's not like their you know, outlook has been closed down and their histories there have disappeared. We know that that information is going to stay in accord for them. I think that's exactly how we would want and wish the system to be used across all of our clients, really. I think there is a number of firms that do manage this centrally and I think there are a number of firms that still want to have their senior managers involved as much as you talk about there Danielle which sounds kind of the the idea of perfect in one sense and that's what the system is there to do. Not everyone is completely on that level but that is exactly what Accord can offer and that's what we're trying to kind of project and and support our clients in doing further as well so it's great that you was able to achieve that. And that's one thing that Kerry, I would say about Accord is its adaptability. I know that we have within our population, we've got 22 senior managers and they do tend to approach the system in different ways. So we have more, you know, a couple of senior managers that are more, you know, they would like to upload more information into the system. And we have a couple that probably don't upload as much. But that's the nice thing about the system. It is adaptable to work with different senior managers and also different approaches that we might like to take, say, in the UK versus Singapore. You know, we've got that usability to be able to make sure we get the best out of the system for both different regimes. Danielle, what impact does having RegTech for the management of SMCR have on internal audit processes? So we had our first internal audit in June, July 2020, so probably about seven months after the regime was implemented in December 2019. The audit went very well. And the reason why the audit did go so smoothly is because we could demonstrate via the system that we had followed all of our written processes accurately and to the letter. So, you know, the fact that we can take the auditors through the system and say, this is how we run our F&P processes. You can see that we, you know, we did this activity on this date and then following that we did this activity. So it helps us to map out the exact processes we use to go through our F&P process or to, you know, how we actually onboard a new senior manager. So the fact that the system captures all of these key pieces of data for multiple processes, it helps us to demonstrate that we are actually running a robust SMCR department. So it is a key tool for us in demonstrating to our auditors that we are doing what we should be doing and when we should be doing it. Kerry, there's a big difference between implementing SMCR and embedding SMCR, a point referenced by the FCA. And I guess that in the rush to implement SMCR, handle operational and commercial issues arising out of COVID, firms can't neglect their continued efforts to evidence SMCR. In a nutshell, it's all about continuous improvement. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's, as you say, it's it's continuing on in the world of BAU. It's living and breathing it and it's making ongoing improvements as you go along. Because day one, I think a lot of people focus on certification and getting that process right. And then you need to consider what happens next and how can you continually make the lives of everyone who's using this system easier and keep capturing that data that you can use time and time again. 
because a lot of teams don't have the resource in that initial implementation. They occasionally have a one focus of, of that certification date that they want to achieve and use the system for. But making sure you revisit, come back, look at the other functions and uh, you know features in Accord and just assess your regime from top to bottom and keep doing that maybe on an annual basis and think, what can I improve this year? What's next on my agenda? Those things will really help you. Danielle mentioned earlier, Phil, about one of the things she appreciated about us, and it was it was really gratifying to hear her say this about us looking forward into the future and making sure we're ahead of the curve in terms of the direction <laughs> of travel. And that was great because I'm, I'm part of the team that contributes to that, and we do put an awful lot of effort into doing that. And you've only got to look now where we are with consumer duty, for example, and, and everything that that involves, the increase of visibility and emphasis on accountability right down through the organization. But also the idea that the continuing idea from the regulator from the offset that SMNCR really underpins everything that a firm should be about and how they operate. And really what you've got to do is get that fundamental visibility and transparency of that whole governance structure nailed from the word go. Well, Nick, that does actually go back to one of the first questions that we started with of why why RegTech? Why do we implement these systems? And I think at Janice Henderson, I think there was an understanding from the get-go of how important SMCR is and how that does actually, you know, affect how the firm is going to be operating. So we've spoken about culture and risk, and I think the firm understood how important it was to get this right from the beginning because this was our foundation. And so by having a cord there to help us embed this really good set of processes that's backed up by a really strong system, I think that then gives the firm and our SMFs that reassurance, that comfort, you know, we are doing all that we can as a firm to adhere to the regime and we are helping them to discharge their responsibilities as SMFs. Can you have effective culture and conduct within a regulated firm in 2022 without reg tech? And I mean, can you comply with good governance arrangements? Can you have delegation and oversight? Can you have robust approach to fit and proper assessments? Probably yes. I mean, in that old adage that there's a number of ways to skin a cat. But I think it's the difference between where you spend your money and that kind of business case, really. Because in honesty, it's it's often a balance when I talk to firms about business cases of, of do they spend money on manpower and resource? Or do they spend money on technology? And it doesn't take many users, as you know, in terms of our pricing structure, for that balance to be weighted in the favor of technology. But of course, what technology brings as an added benefit is that risk mitigation of the centralized record that Danielle's spoken about and the reliability of that record and the mitigation of human error in, in collating the data and mm. and the consistency of, of approach and management across the piece as well. I think a lot of clients might look at it in terms of scale of the breadth of their senior managers and how many people are they trying to manage here. But ultimately, it's, it's always going to fall down to risk and other resources that you've got available to you. And can you manage those, you know, whether it's 10, 20 senior managers on a spreadsheet versus actually I want my resources to be spending their time elsewhere and let's streamline some processes by using the technology. And that's where I think Accord comes in particularly helpful. I would say in answer to that, yeah, of course you can say yes, you are, but how do you demonstrate it? So what Accord does is it actually helps you to demonstrate that you are doing all the right things in the right ways. 
And I think that's really key. It goes back to the auditing. It goes back to demonstrating to the FCA. It helps your SMS, you know, be very sure in that they are discharging their responsibilities. So I think that's why it's so important to have a system like this, because it actively helps you to demonstrate that you're doing what you say you're doing. Nick, with a data-driven regulator now using advanced analytics and automation technology to predict, monitor and respond to market issues, can firms in 2022 still meet their SMCR obligations without a regtech solution? If I think back over the period that SMCR has been live within the industry, Phil, what, what one of the key aging points for us where we saw a sudden uplift in interest in technology was I think when the regulator back in the early days, a couple of years after the scheme had applied to the dual reg firms, the banks and the insurance firms initially, there was a, there was a dear CEO letter that went out and it was particularly asking the question of, can you attest to the fact that your certification processes are being managed appropriately? And of course, they were doing that from the background of an expectation that firms would be. And I think what that did is kick off a sequence of internal reviews and suddenly our phone lines almost lit up with interest about what technology could do as a result because they, they realized that they probably couldn't. So that comfort that Danielle talks about, the senior managers having the comfort of that things are being managed appropriately and crucially, as Danielle says, being able to evidence that, that is probably lacking unless you have the kind of systems controls that RegTech and technology can enable for you. I'm stepping out of my role now, but I know that I'm leaving it in really good hands because we have the system there. I know that I can, you know, do a really good handover and know that the person who's coming into my role will be able to, you know, she'll get a really good overview of everything that's going on by just being run through what's going on in the system. So for me, as somebody who's spent four years working on this, it's really important to me to know that I can hand over the system to her and know that she can really get going with managing the SMCR at Janice Henderson you know, with the support of this really great system. So it leaves me leaving on a very good note. Thanks, Danielle, Nick and Kerry. And thank you for listening to this WorkSmart podcast. If you want to learn how WorkSmart's multi-award-winning RegTech solution, Accord, can support your firm manage all the governance and competency requirements demanded by SMCR in the UK, the individual accountability and conduct regime in Singapore, and the proposed SEER regime in Ireland once finalised, please visit our website, worksmart.co.uk.